Interested in deep discounts on travel? Perfect. You are in the right place. Surge 365 is a new, exciting travel club membership. The awesome deals you are about to see are exclusively available to Surge 365 members. All with prices so low, they cannot be shared with the public. And we offer an amazing reward credit loyalty program and a 110% price match guarantee. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So science is just catching up. But in truth, we are all connected. We are all one. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Uh, today's show topic is Becoming Radiant with Tom Zuba. This is Tom's second time with us on Awake to Oneness Radio. Uh, welcome, Tom, to Awake Thank to you. Oneness. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm hearing a little feedback feedback again when we were doing our, our sound check earlier. I heard it. I'm hearing it just a little, um, but I think it'll be okay. Okay, so Tom is back with us today because he just published his second book, which is Becoming Radiant. That's the title, but there's a subtitle. Tell us, tell us the full title of the book. So the full title of the book is Becoming Radiant, A New Way to Do Life Following the Death. And I put death in quotation marks, yeah. following the death of a beloved. Okay. So as you said, it's the follow-up to my first book. My first book is called Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Do Grief. And that book is an accurate reflection of who I was when I wrote it in right. 2013, 2014. Right. So... I haven't remained the same. I've grown, I've learned, I've expanded my heart, I've expanded my view, I've expanded my wisdom. So it was definitely time to write the second book. Awesome. Now, before we dive into the second book, which I want us to do, I want you to please, I know you've been on my show before. Um, some of my listeners are familiar with who you are, but some are not. So can you please share your journey with uh, our listeners? Yes, but I'm going to share a thumbnail version. Okay. Because it's important that your listeners know what I've lived through, but it's equally as important to know that this is not who I am today, nor... I would dare to say any of the preconceived notions that folks have of what someone who's lived with what I've lived with should be like, I'm not like that. So this is what I'm going to say. In 1990, which was a really, really long time ago, my 18-month-old daughter, Erin, died very, very suddenly. And I'll be honest with you, at that time, I thought she did die. I mean, I pretty much thought that that was the end. Um, my wife and I uh, went home to an empty apartment. She was our first child. In the following years, we had two sons. We had a son, Rory, and a son, Sean. And when my kids were three and seven, in, in 1998, at the end of 1998, 
I had to rush my wife, my 43-year-old wife, to the hospital. And on New Year's Day of 1999, my wife, Trish, left her physical body. She went home because she finished everything she came to the planet to do. I found that to be quite remarkable. So I had a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And in 2004, when my oldest son, Rory, was 13, he had either a seizure or a stroke. I really wasn't sure what it was. Um, Over the coming months, I learned that he had a glioblastoma, which is a terminal brain cancer. On February 22nd of 2005, this incredible human being who clearly finished everything he came to the planet to do, he dropped his physical body and he went soaring to the next chapter of his many, 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 many lives. And how how old was Rory at the time? He was 13. He was 13. So it was me and my son, Sean, who at the time was nine. That was in 2005. So over the last 13 years, I have done an incredible, incredible amount of work. I've asked a million questions. I've tried on a million different answers. My goal has always been to find peace and make peace with my life. Um, I am very, very grateful to be here. And I'm really, really happy to be able to do what I do. I teach people a new way to do grief, which creates a new way to do life. And what I say is, we did not come to the planet to suffer. That's not why we came. We actually came to be radiant beings of light, which is what we are. We just forget. We just forget. Yes. So the death of someone that we love, it cracks us open. And it's our invitation to really, really step into who we are. That is so true. That is so true. Um, it's, and, and, you know, part of my journey is also I have a son in spirit, Kyle. And he was 29 when he left his body, when he finished his work here. And I have, you know, my part of that story is I was blessed because when he did transition, I knew he was not leaving. I knew he, I knew it was his sole plan. I knew it was a plan he and I made together. So I was at peace with his leaving because I knew he wasn't leaving. His his body wasn't going to be here and I couldn't fuss at him to clean his room and to do the things I wanted him to do that he didn't want to do but but um I knew he was he never he never left he's never left me for a minute and now that he is in spirit he's with me all the time you know when he was a young man living his life it's like hey Kyle where are you you know but uh now I know where he is He's, he's with me all the time but, and you and I had the honor of meeting in person at the first Helping Parents Heal conference in this past April. And it's just, it's like you said, it's a wait, an awakening. We do, we come here, we actually choose to forget who we are. And that's a choice. And we come here and we are courageous souls. The, uh, the book, uh, Your Soul's Plan, which was very inspirational to me. I was reading that book um, the last month of Kyle's um, physical existence here. And th- that book was originally named Courageous Souls. Because all of us that come here, we choose to. It's a soul choice. And it's a very create, courageous choice to do what we do, to, to forget who we are, to forget our connection to the oneness, to connect the connection to God, the divine, to the universe, to all that is. My word for God is all that is. There is nothing not God. There's nothing outside of God. But uh, now, please share so much more. So before you get into the new book, Let's uh, recap on the old, the, the first book, 
which is permission to mourn. So the message of the first book is that most of us do what I call grief the old way. What most of us do, because we saw our parents do this and um, other family members and friends, it's what, it's what most Americans do. We will do whatever we possibly can to avoid pain. We will numb ourselves. We will pretend. We will repress. We will deny. We will do everything we possibly can to keep all the different ways that grief expresses itself at bay. When the truth of the matter is, as you said, God is all that is. God is in the center of the pain. God is in the center of the grief. So is our beloved. And talk about courage. Talk about courageous souls. It takes courage to walk through the fire. But when we walk through the fire, we emerge as completely different human beings, much more in line with who we were when we came to the planet. Yes. So what I'm offering is a new way to do it, a new way um, to deal with the death of our beloveds. Yes. So beautiful. So true. So true. So that, 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 um, let, let, let me, yeah, let me stop you for a second because in the very last <laughs> chapter of the book, I dare to say that, that we were born to be radiant, not in spite of the fact that someone we love died, but because of the fact. It's, it's for many of us, it's the door. The death of our loved one, and I'm using death in quotes, but the, the transition of our loved one, it's the door we pass through to become who we came here to be. I firmly, firmly believe that. I do too. I do too. And it's so crazy. I, I've said this before, um, that what we consider our, our hardest challenges in this life, our greatest um, sadness in this life. These are the things that are actually our biggest blessings. And I, I know it sounds so hard, you know, someone who is listening to this, who has lost a loved one that's so dear to them, or that, that has a loved one that transitions, like, like you said, I don't like using the word death or loss or any of those words, but I do use them on occasion because that, that translates in our language. Um, but I know, like I said, I knew I was at peace when my son, my only son transitioned and left his body because I knew he wasn't going anywhere. And I knew that this was an agreement he and I made in, in before my embodiment, you know, and that when you know it, to me, a knowing is what gives you that peace you talked about. When you know that they're not God, they're always with you, and you will you will be in quote unquote physically united again, but their their um their essence is always with you, and they want you. They very much want you to know that because once they emerge again into spirit, they know. Oh, okay. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, you know, they know, and and they want you to know. They want you. They're they're loving. Their love for you is for you to know that they're okay. They're still with you. You can still communicate with them, and and they want you to live your life to the fullest. Like you say, radiant. They want you to be radiant. Yes. You yes. you mentioned you mentioned the word gifts. So this, what I'm going to say right now, it's a total shift in perception. The pain that we feel when someone we love leaves their body, that's actually a gift. Yes. Because the pain 
grabs our attention. It brings us into this moment. Mm-hmm. Where I am right now, and I felt it when you said it, and I understand what you're saying, but when someone says, I lost my loved one, you know, I lost my child, I lost my spouse, that feels painful to me. So rather than avoid it, I look at it. Why does that feel painful? Is my loved one really lost? Words have power. There's energy behind those words. So what I say to folks is, if you really believe your loved one is lost, your number one job is to find that person. You know, find him, find her. And if you say, well, I know where they are. You know, I really don't believe they're lost. Then don't use that word. Because even on a subconscious level, that word creates pain. Um, It's important to be really mindful and conscious with the words that we choose to speak because they literally create our experiences. And I, so I dive into that somewhat in the first book, you know, the power of words. Yes. Yes. So true. You're absolutely right. And in my writing, because see, you're two books ahead of me, but I am writing my first book and it is starting at first. I wasn't going to start with my journey with Kyle, but um, two months or so ago, um, Spirit said, yes, you have to start there. And and so I am in the midst of writing and I'm going through that. And when you're writing it, you're reliving it. And But I do, as I'm writing, I know how powerful words are. And I try, I always use the word trans. It's funny. Because <laughs> I say what's funny is I always use the word transition when I speak of my son. When I meet someone new, I say, well, my son transitioned four years ago. There's so many different um, people that don't understand that word. I've had people think, oh, he just got out of jail. Like, no. Or he changed his sex. You know, I'm serious. I had people. And then I started saying, okay, no, he transitioned to spirit. Yeah. But, you know, he's not here in the physical. Then, oh, we get what you mean. (laughs) But, uh, But I do know that words have power. And when I meet someone, I always say, I never say I lost my son. I never say my son died. I always say my son transitioned four years ago. And then, and and like I said, I get funny responses. Different. You know, some people think he just got out of jail, or he just changed sex. I'm like, okay, no, he didn't do either of those things. <laughs> he transitioned to spirit. So yes, <laughs> but uh, yes, words do have power. So that's that's very true. And like you said, those things, those, 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 those things in our life that make us feel that pain are the things that open us up to do and to be who we came to be. Yes, yes. People uh, that are living with grief often use the word trigger. I don't like the word trigger. I like the word teacher. Pain is a teacher. Sadness is a teacher. Anger is a teacher. All of those painful feelings and all those painful emotions, they're there for a reason. Yes. They are there to give us the opportunity to make a different choice. The choice is always, are you going to choose peace or love? Excuse me, are you going to choose peace or pain? Are you going to choose love or fear? Um, I firmly believe, and I write about this in the second book, that everything, everything happens for us because we are so loved. It's very similar to what you said. Mm -hmm. Everything happens for us. We're not victims. Um, You know, the, the world is not a cruel place out to get us. Um, we are loved and and over and over and over again, we are given the invitation and the opportunity to learn how to love at a deeper level, at a more expansive level. In every now moment, every now moment is that opportunity to choose love over fear. 
That yeah. is and, and it's not always easy. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. But I do, I do love what you're saying. And, and I know we use, but we're unique individuals. So of course we're going to use different words, but that's fine. That's fine. But the essence is, is the same. Cause I feel it, you know, I feel it from you that the essence is the same. And it's so true that it is for us, the, the most painful moments of our life are there for our highest good, our highest good to help us remember that why we came, because we came for a purpose. We came, we forgot who we were. We came, we had a purpose, we had a mission. We, you know, we, we we're here for a reason. And, um, and when we're, we're, we're straying from that reason, when we're not really on that path, pain will help wake us up to that path, to that higher calling. So, yeah. yeah. None of us are victims. We are creators. So if, if, if I don't like what is currently going on in my life, or if I'm not crazy about the future, then I can make a different choice. Exactly. Exactly. And when you own that, when you own your experience, because for me, life is an experience. It's a movie. It's a play of my own creation. And like you said, if you don't like the movie or the play, you're the, you're the writer, director, actor, every, you're everything. A producer, you're everything. You can change it. You and know? so a, a listener might say, okay, you know, that sounds good. How do I do that? What's the first step? And this is one of the things I write about in the second book. Find gratitude. You know, find gratitude. What, what, what are the simplest, simplest things that I can be grateful for? Yes. I have a roof over my head. Yes. I have electricity. I have enough money to pay my electric bill. Yes. You know what else I have? I have clean running water. Yes. I you thought know, I was thinking about that water. Yeah, yes. do, you know, do you know how many human beings don't? Yeah. I have a car that works. I mean, the, if I'm really, really honest, yes. the list goes, goes on, on, and on, on and on. I can see. I can hear. Yes. You know, my voice works. Yes. So yes. for those folks that are in the absolute depths of despair and life feels hopeless, I understand that. Oh, yes. But what I would offer is, Get really, really quiet. You know, sit in a chair and look around and be honest. What, yes. what do you have to be grateful for? Start there. Gratitude changes everything. It, 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 it moves us from lack into abundance. This is so, so true. Um, I, um, I started many years ago a uh, gratitude journal. Um, and I, I used to write in it daily and I, d- there are days now that I forget to write in, but when I start to write, it's just like, I could go on and on and on and on and write the things I feel thankful for. But when I'm standing in the shower, I, I do think about that. I'm like, Oh, it feels so good. The water, you know, the clean water just running down my body. And I just feel so thankful for the shower, for the water. Yes. And then sleeping in the bed. I love my mattress. I mean, it's like I am in love with my mattress. This is the it's it's got that softness, but that firmness, and it's it's right the way. And my pillow, and I, you know, things like that. It just there's so much. There's so much to be grateful for in every now moment. And my definition of abundance is if you have what you need in that moment. And in truth. We always have exactly what we need in every now moment. We truly do. I agree with you. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that when someone we love dies, many of us are shattered. We're shattered in millions and millions of pieces. And it's almost like there's a neon light blinking on and off, on and off, on and off. 
my child is dead, my child is dead, my child is dead, or my wife, or my parent, or my friend. And that sucks us into lack. You know, I focus on what isn't here. I tell myself stories about what will never happen. And many of us know this, but it's important to be reminded. Yes. What, what I focus on expands. So if I am focusing on this illusion that my beloved is gone forever, and if I'm in a place of lack, if I'm focusing on that, that's going to expand. I'm going to create more and more and more lack, more and more and more emptiness. That's why I say move into gratitude as quickly as you can because you want to focus on gratitude so that will expand. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. And when you do, like I said, I started years and years ago, I forget how long ago, probably early 2000s, right, keeping a gratitude journal and just every morning, that was my practice, writing down what I'm saying. If it's raining, right, I'm thankful for the rain. If the sun is shining, I'm thankful for the sun, snow, whatever the weather, I'm thankful for the weather. I'm thankful for the roof over my head. I'm thankful I have something. If I'm cold, I can run, I could reach into the closet and put on a sweater. I, the electric bill is paid so I can turn up the heat and the gas bill is paid so I can turn up the gas. So there's so much to be thankful for. Our health, being, being able to walk, you said, being able to see. And even those people now, we do know that there are people that have disabilities, but even I, what, oh my goodness, what fills my heart is when I watch a person with a disability and how thankful they are, you know, oh my goodness, that person can't walk, but he's so thankful. He's in, a, he's in an attitude of gratitude or that person can't see, but he is in an attitude of gratitude. So when you, and you, you can see there's, I mean, if just do the research, you're there, right? I didn't lose you, right? No, okay, okay. Um, if you do the research, so many people with disabilities do amazing things. I mean, you're like, oh my God, I have all, everything working, no disability, and I can't do that, you know? So, yeah, so it, it, it is so, because it's the, it's, it's they, de those people reach inside and they do, amazing things with what they have the shift is always inside of us yes it, it, exactly. it, it, if, I, if i want the outside to change it has to begin with the inside shifting and that on a good day i say i can control i mean i i can do that i can yes. do that yes Consciously, mindfully with practice right and and what you say about the in for for my for my spiritual understanding it all is within us the outer world is just a mirror it's just a reflection um but the in it's it all comes from within so when the inner when you change from within the outer automatically is going to change so yes. that's, that's what I believe spiritually. So, and I say that because uh, I, what I believe, because I'm not here to have anybody change their belief system or their religion or any of that. I embrace the beauty of oneness because when I started this show, I got asked, what is this oneness? This is it a new religion? Like, no. To me, it's the opposite of a religion because it, it includes everything and everyone there's nothing excluded from oneness so it's not about changing someone's belief system at all it's it's just embrace my my inspiration is to try to inspire others to just embrace who they truly are from within and shine it radiate that uniqueness of who they are because we are so we're all unique aspects of god of all that is and that uniqueness can only be shined into the world through us no one can do what you can do 
No one can do what I can do. We each are unique aspects that can shine a light for the whole. And, and that's what we're here to do. Right. And the truth is, or my truth is, when you shine your light, you give me permission to shine my light. Very true. Um, you know, you, you, you show me what's possible. You give me hope. You are the teacher. Yes. So it takes all of us. I mean, it takes all of us, you know, arm in arm in arm, supporting each other and walking with each other to, um, you know, continue to expand. Very true. Very true. Like I was saying with the, with disabled people, disabled people that do amazing things, they're shining their light for us to see. They're like, wow, that person doesn't have limbs, but they did. They just did that, Woo. you know. So that is that is so true. We all have something unique, a unique gift to offer the world. And in truth, when we offer that to each other, we're really offering it back to ourselves because we're yeah. all interconnected that way. So yes, that is so true. That is so true. So share more about the um, becoming radiant, because actually I want to say this show and that the title of your book are actually doing the same thing. It's, 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 it's inspiring us to live our life to the fullest as us, not as people want us to be yeah, or how people think we should be or like, okay, you, you should be in grief and you should be mourning the rest of your life. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay, that, that's a perfect um, intro to one of the concepts that I present, and that is that we tell ourselves stories. We inhale stories about what our life should be like, what the life of a mother whose son passed away is like, for me, what what a widower's life is like, what um, a father who not one but two of their children passed on. And so many of the stories, I would say most of the stories, are rooted in illusions and are rooted in lies. And they're painful. They're really, really painful stories. So when we don't resist the pain, when we actually enter the pain, we can ask ourselves, what is the belief that I'm holding on to that's causing this pain? My son should be here. My son should be here today. Okay, that's the belief that I'm holding on to. Is there a way to shift that? Oh, well, Maybe my son actually is here today. Maybe I'm able to communicate with him and maybe he's able to communicate with me. Let me try that. Are you here, sweetheart? Are you here? It goes back to what I was saying earlier that pain is a gift. It, it points us in the direction of choice. Yes. Pain's the door we can enter to find peace. Yes, that is so true. And I like that you say that so much because a lot of spiritual people think it should all be light and love and fluffiness and, and, that the, and, and to push away, to push away the pain, to push away all of that, what we call negative and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. God is all there is god like you said he's in the midst of that pain and that pain and what and for me when i want to transform something exactly what you said when i want to transform that pain that feeling lonely i i i ask exactly that what do i what must i believe to have this and what it wants, it, the pain wants you to look at it and not push it away. 
And once Jesus said, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for your, I'm here for your highest good. Right. And, and when I'm able to literally receive the gift that that pain is showing up to offer, that pain isn't necessary anymore. So that pain dissolves. It melts away. Um, I understand what you're saying about certain spiritual teachers. And if that resonates with folks, hallelujah. For me, it's about the contrast. It's about the back and forth, the back and forth. Because I'm never done. You know, it's not like I'm going to arrive. I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to expand. And the way that that works is I feel some pain. It gets my attention. I open up some more. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm okay with that. What I say is I've already walked through fire and I can do it again and again and again. I can do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand what you said. Now, it's interesting um, because also another um, belief I embrace is the journey and the destination are the same. So it's not, for me, it's, a, it's not a getting somewhere because you're already there. You're there. And when you know that you're already there, it's like, oh, because a lot of people live their life. Oh, I got to get here. I got to get it. I got to do this, do this, do this, do this, to get there. They're always getting somewhere. They're never yeah. there. You know, they're never there. And but when I realized, wait a second, I don't have to do anything to get there because right. I'm already there. That the journey and the destination are the same. Heaven is here right now. What, what that, what the, yeah, what, what that brings up for me, what that reminds me is when I release resistance, you know, when, when I stop resisting what is, then yes, that I'm already there, that I'm all, that I've already arrived. Yes. 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 And that makes the journey so beautiful because every now moment is you're there. I'm here. And then I look because for me, each moment has something unique, a unique gift to offer in every now moment. There's something wonderful in every now moment. And we only look for that wonderfulness when we know that it's there. Yes, and I think it's important to acknowledge that that is counter to what most of us are surrounded by, bombarded with, you know, and inhale 24-7. That is not the message that is being, you know, thrown on top of us. It's always, we need more. We need to be better we need to be faster etc 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 we need to make more money we need to buy a bigger car a bigger house da, da, da. and we're always so we're always on this this um what do you call that hamster wheel i'm trying to get somewhere but the, i love the hamster wheel analogy because where's the hamster going no right there he's yeah. right there but he is oh is he working but he's right you're right there so that's where I, 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 you know, spirit just kind of gave me that download journey and the destination are the same. And in every moment, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough exactly as I am. So, so true. So I say, because I know there are many parents and, and people that have loved ones on the other side that listen to my show. And some of them, you know, are in the bed with the cover over their head, crying and can't get out of the bed. And I, I want them to know that it's okay. That's okay. If that's where you are, it's okay. Don't beat up on yourself. You have to feel the, you cannot Whatever you feel, if you feel like crying, if you feel like screaming, if you feel like punching a wall, I wouldn't recommend punching a wall because you're going to hurt your hand. But whatever you feel, 
Yes, long, um, do what you feel. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not encouraging people to hurt themselves or others, of course, but to, to release, you must feel what you feel. You must feel it. So I'm, I'm looking at chapter 15 of my book. It's called Crying. Yes. And, and the message is, it's exactly what you just said. It's cry, cry, cry. Don't deny that. Don't shut that off. Cry. Yeah. The next chapter is have mercy. Have mercy on yourself exactly where you are. You're in the perfect place at the perfect time. Yes. Yes. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And if you say to yourself, I'm overcome with pain, I'm overwhelmed with pain, this pain is relentless, mm -hmm. that's gotten your attention. Yes. What is the root of the pain? What is the belief you're holding on to? Can you shift that? Can you shift that even the tiniest, tiniest bit? Yes. to bring in some peace the answer to that is yes you can yes you can yes and that's so true and it is it is a process in every now moment that is so true and in and in the best time is not when, when you're in the pain when you're in the midst of the pain in the midst of the tears to ask that those questions and that is the great for me because for me my question is i know everything happens for my highest good so what I'm experiencing in this moment, this pain, this, this loneliness, this, what I'm feeling in this now moment, it's happening for my highest good. So what is the good in it? And is it true? What the, the emotion, because you have your emotion because you have a belief. You, 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 so question that belief. You know, question that belief. And most of our beliefs reside at a subconscious level. Most of us aren't really even aware of them yes. and they've been passed on from our parents or yes. we inhaled them without ever questioning them, without ever really taking a look. So yes. the pain is a path to freedom. Yes. The pain is a path to freedom. So many people out there say, it's unnatural for a parent to bury his or her child. That's not based in fact. That's, That's not based in truth. That's true. It's very, very natural. Up until the end of the last century, 50% of children under the age of 12 died. 50%. Yes. So I can cling to that belief and that'll cause me pain. It's not true. It's not right. true. That's just one tiny example. Yes. Some people true. say, some people will um, persecute themselves. I should have been there. I never got to say goodbye. My response to that is, if you feel like you need to say goodbye, say goodbye right now. But in the very next breath, say hello. Yes. Hello. You know, come closer to me. Because yes. as we already discussed, they didn't leave. Right. They didn't leave us. Right, right. Well, one of the things I know when Kyle transitioned, like I said, I was at peace. But one of the things I kept telling myself not to do is the what ifs. Well, what if this? What if that? What if I, I no, I'm not going down that road of the what ifs at all. I'm, gonna, I'm going to embrace the what is the isness and know that everything is happening in perfect divine order. Yes. And, and I would say to folks, if you feel like you need to go down the what ifs, it's, yeah. you go right ahead, but pay really close attention and be really, really honest. Yes. Because that path creates pain on top of pain on top of pain. And there are some people out there that believe they're supposed to suffer. That yeah. their suffering is a sign that they really, really loved. Mm. And that it's their suffering that keeps them connected. Right. Illusions 
based on lies. Yes. Um, suffering is not a sign that you loved deeply, and um, suffering certainly does not keep us connected to our beloveds. Yes. And, and actually, I think also some people feel for religiously, re religiously reasons, they need to suffer, you know? Some people, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I always say, why do you think you were created? You know, why are you walking this planet? Do you believe that you are supposed to suffer the rest of your days here? If, if someone says, yeah, you know, I think I, I should suffer, then my response is, then I think you better take a closer look at your definition of God, you know, your mm -hmm. understanding of God. Yes. Because the God that I choose to believe in did not create me to suffer. Yes. So true. So true. So in a lot of, and like you said, a lot of those subconscious beliefs, and that's a lot of our emotions stem from those, those subconscious beliefs were placed there by parents and by teachers and by society and the news and the mass media and all of that so i do encourage people ask yourself okay if this is your belief why do you believe it and, and honestly a lot of those beliefs have been placed by priests by ministers by rabbis it's yes. okay to question all of them yes very true very, very, very true. Um, I just like, I, I really find it interesting when I have a conversation with someone of a different belief system than oneness. And I just, I always want to ask them and I don't always do because I never look to offend, but I want to ask them, where does that belief stem from? You know, where does it, is it something that, is it is it just from your pastor is it just from you know religion or is it is it something you've really just digested and it sits right with you now if the answer is yeah i've digested it and this feels right for me okay but i don't know how many people have actually really really analyzed their beliefs like that I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's one of the gifts of uh, the transition of someone that we love. It cracks yes. us open. Yes. In order for many of us to find peace again, we need to go through all of what I call life's fundamental beliefs, mm -hmm. ask and answer those questions. Yes. And that's I, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yes, it is. I, I find myself in conversations, and you know, just hap by happenstance with people that are really, really, read. It's, if it's not in the Bible, it's not so. It ain't so. But the Bible does also say, and I, I can't quote Bible from back to forward, but I do know the Bible says, count it all joy. That's one of my favorite quotes from the Bible counted all joy so one of, my, one of my favorite quotes is god is love yes unconditional. Not a, not, but unconditional. but i think it's really important that we say not a limited human love of beyond our comprehension divine all-encompassing non-judgmental love i have a chapter in the book I quote um, Richard Rohr, who says, we become the God we worship. Mm. We become the God we worship. If okay. my God is kind, compassionate, gentle, non-judgmental, that's who I become. Mm -hmm. If my God is the opposite of that, that's who I become. In my opinion, in my observation, that explains a lot about who we are as a country today. Yes. I become the God I worship. Very true. Very true. And I true, I mean, it does say that man was created in God's image 
And I do believe that. I believe that we are micro cosmic. My favorite quote, you're not a, a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. To me, each man is God in his entirety in a drop. We are made in God's image. But like you said, man will actually put God, make God, his God, from his own image. Like, so if he's judgment, okay, God is judgmental. If he's, uh, you know, so exactly, exactly. He flips it, he flips it. But uh, my belief is, as you do, God is unconditional love. And I always ask, I ask people that word, what does the word unconditional mean? You know, unconditional love, unconditional non-judgment, unconditional forgiveness. And that is who I aspire to be because that in my mind is God and I am a part of God and can never be separated from him. So yes, so I aspire in every now moment to unconditional love and not that we are love, uh, not that we are loved, we are the essence of who we are is love. That is our essence. That's our energy. And yes. when I look at a 10-month-old baby, a 12-month-old yeah. baby, a 14-month-old baby, it's really, really clear. Yes. Really, really clear. And yes. then we condition that out of the baby. You know, we mm -hmm. just put all of our... Right crap on on and it all has to be undone yes so so true so true i also i think of a baby too with the helps me for unconditional love unconditional forgiveness forgiveness and unconditional non-judgment um i look upon everyone that i would say is more asleep and then being asleep not knowing who you really are is not a judgment. And it's not that, okay, I feel like I'm awakening and you're still sleeping. Doesn't mean I'm better than you. And I know that oneness means equality all across the board. We're all equal, no matter how asleep you are or how awake or enlightened you are, we're all equal. So, but what helps me with to stay grounded and the unconditionalness of love and forgiveness and non-judgment is to, to think about a little child, a little baby trying to walk and, and he falls down. And we like, oh, how cute. You know, you're not going to be angry and upset at a baby trying to walk. <laughs> so I, I look on people who are emerging or still even sound asleep like that baby like that sleeping babies or that baby that's trying to walk i'm like i can't get mad at that baby you know he's sleeping i can't get mad at that baby he's trying to walk you know that you know that's i i just god kind of our spirit i say spirit kind of put that image on me years ago when i was thinking of well there's so many people that are are sleeping but don't non-judgmental um and just love them just love on them, you know, as best as you can in every now moment. Yeah. And, and so. if we're really, really honest, when we do that, it feels really, really good. Yes. It yes. feels good to be kind. It feels good to be loving. It feels good to be gentle. It feels yes. good. Yes. Yes. So, so true. Yeah. So tell us, give, give us more of the... Uh, more of the tidbits in the book. Hmm, let me just... Okay, show us the book cover, since I don't I... have one. I don't have one. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so this is... It's actually it's a painting that I did myself. Oh, awesome. You know what? I didn't know that you were artist. Yeah, let me tell you. So... Yes. A couple years ago... Uh -huh. I, was working, I was working on a retreat and we just, it was for mothers actually whose children had passed on. Uh -huh. And one of the activities was we were going to give them the opportunity to paint 
where they thought their children were. It's okay. like, it's like, where are they now? You know, what does that look like to you? What does that feel like to you? So right. I decided that I would do that. It's like, what's, what, what's my visual image of heaven? Yes. So oh it's, it's light. I mean, yes. it's light. It's light. It's swirling, swirling, swirling light. Yes. Um, I talk about forgiveness. I mean, mm -hmm. how important it is to forgive everyone for everything, you know, That's all so the time. Yes. That is so important. It is. It, and I hear, I mean, you know that um, we met at the Helping Parents Heal conference. And I was at a Helping Parents Heal meeting in New York City the first week of June. And I met a, a father there whose son transitioned just this past May. He was 22 years old. And the father, he calls me every now and then and just wants, I guess, guidance. And his question to me is, how do you forgive? Forgive. So, cause he, he has, he holds someone responsible for his son's um, quote unquote untimely death, which we, we know everything happens in perfect divine timing. There was no, no person comes into this existence or leaves out of this existence, not at the perfect time. But so he's working on it. it was, and it's very, very new. It's just a few months that his son is now in spirits. And so, and he's really working very hard. So he's like, but how do you forgive? And I, and, I, and I actually was telling him, I did a show recently, because after he asked me that question, I was doing a show, an upcoming show on exactly that, where a father has forgiven the 14-year-old that took his son's life when, by uh, gang, gang violence um, 23 years ago. And he's actually um, went to visit this young, who's a young man now, who's in prison, and has a job for him, waiting for him when he comes out. And he went to prison. He went to prison looking to, to see a murderer. And, he, and when all he could see was his own reflection in his yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I, I, I would encourage that father to get really, really quiet and talk to his son in spirit. Yes. And ask his son, you know, really, really clearly, where are you? Mm -hmm. What is it like for you to be where you are right now? If you were given the opportunity to come back to this planet in your physical body, would you? Mm -hmm. What do you remember about the event that freed you from your physical body what do you remember my hunch is in spirit his son would say you know what i don't really remember it <laughs> well i would say to the father why are you reliving it over and over in essence you're killing your son many times every single day why and i would ask the son mm -hmm. Have you forgiven? Have you forgiven yes. the other person? And, and, and my hunch is the son would say, there's nothing to forgive. There's nothing to forgive. So, so true. So, so we can gently walk through, you know, all those beliefs, all those illusions that we've created, and we can find peace. And gratitude, and gratitude. Yes, peace. Because the truth, the truth is what 99% of the people that I've worked with will say, they wouldn't come back. Mm. They wouldn't come back. As much as I would like them to be back, they wouldn't. And I would never, I would never pull them back for my sake, because that would be really selfish. Yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. I've only had two readings since Kyle's transition. And in my second reading, uh, Kyle said he would not do a thing differently. Yeah. Not I don't a know, thing. I don't know why we do this, but we fixate on the circumstance of someone leaving their body. 
And we have created a hierarchy of what's appropriate and what's inappropriate, what's desirable, what's undesirable. I often say to people, you know, if, if it was death by suicide or if it was a murder, I say, would you prefer that they got run over by a bus or that they were in a motorcycle accident? Yeah, or yeah. Someone slit their throat or what? Is, is cancer better? Right, yes, yes. You know, it's, it's kind of insane, actually. Yes. Well, I love, um, and this is, is from Your Soul's Plan, um, Robert Schwartz, the author of that, that all death, all transitions are a suicide. Because it's from the, the higher self makes the decision. It's time. Okay, this is, this is what I plan. This is the time I plan to go. And so it's all death, every single death is a suicide. Yeah. I finished everything I came. I'm ready to go. Next chapter. Yes. Moving onward and upward. <laughs> yes. 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 This is so, so true. So please, Tom, I want you to share with our listeners how they can find out more about you and follow your work and see where you might be speaking and, and you might be coming to their town. Okay. So, so again, my name, it's really simple. It's Tom Zuba. It's Z-U-B-A. It yeah. is not Zumba, like the exercise. <laughs> oh, and I love Zumba. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's not going to get you to me. Okay. So my website is very simple. It's TomZuba.com. I have two books. The first one is called Permission to Mourn. The second one is Becoming Radiant. They're both available on Amazon. Yeah. You can actually order them at any bookstore anywhere in the world they 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 should be able to get it for you awesome awesome and now i know that you you do speaking engagements are you, and, and teaching tell us some more about that where you might be and and other things so i have a lot of events coming up um many of them are already sold out i'm doing a retreat in North Carolina in September, okay. a retreat in St. Paul in October. In December, I'm doing a cruise. The best way is to go to my website, tomzuba.com, subscribe to my newsletter, and then you'll be the first um, to find out about my opportunity coming speaking engagements and retreats, okay. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Awesome. Well, that sounds really good. You so well, I, let, me, let me share two other things. Um, sure. In May, I'm taking a group of people to Italy. We're leaving on May 22nd, which is my wife's birthday. And then next summer, I'm taking a group. We're going to do a retreat in England, in Scotland, and in Ireland. So if any of those things, uh, you know, appeal to you, again, subscribe to my newsletter. Awesome. May 22nd? Yes. It's my, my brother's birthday. Perfect. <laughs> no coincidences. No coincidences. Yeah. May 22nd, my brother's birthday. Italy, you say? Yes. Oh, wow. Now, okay. Like you said, no coincidences. Okay. My brother's birthday is May 22nd. And his son, my only nephew, who just graduated Princeton, very proud of him, but also he's a basketball player. He is playing pro ball for Italy. Wow. And, but wait a second. His birthday is May 21st. Wow. His birthday was the day before his father. That's so, cool. And he's playing in Italy, and you're going to Italy on my brother's birthday. It might mean I need to be going with you. Okay, all right, all righty. Well, tell me your brother and your nephew's names. Okay, my brother is Tom, Thomas Bell. <laughs> my name, my name. Thomas Bell, and my nephew is Amir Bell. Amir cool. Bell. Yes, he's, uh, I'm, I'm extremely proud of him. Just, just got his uh, degree, undergrad degree from Princeton University, and now is playing pro ball in Italy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. I think I really need to go because I need to see him play in Italy. So, yes. <laughs>
Yes, I am definitely. I'm going to your website right now. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. This is, um, again, this is, I've always, you, you are now a dear friend of mine. I hope you know that, you know, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we will definitely always be in touch. I love you so much. Thank you so much for again, sharing your wonderful wisdom with our You're listeners. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll, we'll stay. Okay, you've made a decision to be a Surge Business Associate, but why not become a member too? Of course, it's totally optional and not required by any means. But how can you sell what you haven't tried? The membership is amazing. Traveling like a rock star for pennies on the dollar, taking advantage of weekly specials, bonus weeks, and bonus credits for every single transaction, it's a no-brainer. In fact, many people pay for the membership by just taking one trip. Oh, and another reason? When you become a member, you get 10 easy travel buttons for free. That's a $100 savings right there. So what are you waiting for? Let's get serious and get you a real membership. Just click the button below to join now. touch. Okay. okay sounds good. Thank you. Bye-bye.